We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And so, so this is what I'm thinking, right? Like, Sam, I, I just don't know what KD is thinking at home. Right, because it's like he's got to be I, loving it. Come on, is he loving it? He's on Instagram. He's reading like you, you know your little sister. You can't take that stuff seriously. Probably. I you don't can't know. take this stuff seriously. What stuff? Are you really coming out with some Chris Broussard to open the show? <laughs> Come on, Andy Broussard. You don't like be, it? Be better than that. Be <laughs> better than that, Andy. <laughs> I'm just. I'm always fascinated what what he's thinking about at all times. But but. Let, I think let, he's thinking about basketball. I think yeah. he's thinking about the game. You, th- you think? You think? You do, think do we really? Wh- There's four thousand other shows going into this bullshit. Let's talk about the Sam, game. Sam right is now. a Kevin Durant stand now. By the way, I've always uh, been. Always been. start with this uh, appreciate next door for having us garrett ollie I, I don't want to pronounce the name wrong oh bobby it's my cousin bobby he doesn't get he doesn't get to rebrand himself oh god it's that's not how it works <laughs> bobak sorry buddy bobak um but yeah uh, having us here we got some drinks sam is a little red he's ready to podcast he's looking at me I'm shaking, red. His, uh, shaking his head by the way sam not a very pathetic performance by the Blazers this series. Not maybe not this game, but this series. One of the worst. Dame has cracked ribs. <sighs> yeah. Dame. Yeah. Is on the verge of death. He has cholera. He has the E. Plague. coli, <laughs> tuberculosis. I actually don't want to talk negatively about the Blazers because that would imply we thought that they were ever a challenge for the Warriors. So the Warriors came back game two from seventeen, came back from game three from eighteen. But let, but let's let's get into it. Did you ever think the Blazers could beat the Warriors <laughs> in a game? 
<laughs> or or a series or a series. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be real about them. Dame is a top ten player, mm-hmm. t- ten to fifteen player. CJ is a damn he. He'd be an all star if he played in the East. Um, he'd have made an all star team if it wasn't like the whole East West thing by now. But beyond that, I mean. As amazing as Myers Leonard looked in Game Four, oh, like, I was gonna, I was have, gonna go to that. They have like a lot of nice guys work. who are. Let, let's just get. We all know Houston's better than them, and that doesn't really matter right now. Um, but I want to get in on this game. Let's let's start with no Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. no Iguodala. Demarcus Cousins, and no Iguodala. Yeah, you don't even mention Cousins because he's been out so long. No Iguodala, and they still win. What did Steph have? 37, 13 <laughs> rebounds, 11 assists, an honest triple-double? Turns out when you're not hunting for rebounds every possession and you're actually playing to win a basketball game, it works out for you. It works out. And, like, he was plus – you have it in front of you, Sam. He was plus what, 15? Three. Uh, I tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. It was a valiant effort. I was going to say, valiant actually, Steph, valiant I would say Steph actually shot poorly in the second half. He had kind of a Kobe whoa, second half. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but I, whoa. I do think his takeover in the second half was important because um, they, they they had a lot of points off his, his comebacks. I mean, Looney is my MVP of the game. 14 rebounds, six offensive rebounds. I'm going to assume all of those were off of feathery touches from from uh, <laughs> off the rim from Steph Curry. But, I mean, reality is we all know if Kevin Durant's not playing, like we think this is a deep team. It's not a deep team. No, it's not. It's not. They played a lot of Alfonso McKinney minutes. And uh, it's not just that. A lot of Andrew Bogut. A lot of Quinn Cook. Outside of Steph, can anyone create a shot in this team? <sighs> you don't believe you, in Clay? What do you shoot tonight? <laughs> Clay was seven. I, I forget what Clay shot. I'm just talking about creating off the dribble. No, I. That's the that's point. not his game. That's the I point. Mean, no, nobody can. Draymond Green tried. Clay's Clay's one of the, maybe the best catch and shoot player in the NBA, maybe the best coming off screens and one of the better perimeter defenders. But like, ask him to create a shot. That's not his game. And and, and I'm fascinated because, um, if you're a Warriors fan, if you watch the Warriors for a long time, you know like. Every time they play a really good team, they end up losing at the end because it's like, oh, they're not good enough or they don't have the experience, right? And they end up losing those games. They give up like a 10-0 run at the end of the half. It's like super annoying. And they're only up by four when they should be up by 14. And now the Warriors on the opposite side of that, right? They're on the opposite side where it's like, well, the Blazers were up by 15-17 and all of a sudden the end of the quarter happens and the Warriors are only down by eight. Like that's the type of experience where you're like, that's what Manu Ginobili did to the Warriors. That's what Tim Duncan and Tony Parker did to the Warriors. Now the Warriors are on the other side, and they're yeah, they the are, ones that just hang in there. They are officially the <laughs> veteran team that no one yeah. wants to deal with. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to Draymond Green, 18, 14, and 11. <sighs> uh, the numbers never do a credit. Like You watch the game, nah. you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Like He he had his uh, ups and downs, but like ultimately, Steph and Draymond pretty much carried this. We had Ollie over, over here, over at next door, just sprinting, doing liners and wind sprints up and down the room when Draymond hit that last three. It's incredible. Did you actually think, Sam? Did you actually think he was going to miss that? Because no. it really felt like he was going to make it. I, I said it to you, but like, is there a worse three point shooter you think just money? When mm-hmm. it goes up in a clutch moment, like he's got to be the king of the bullshit three. 
Ooh. It just it just feels like it's always going to go in. Like ever since 2016 when he had I think he had eight threes, seven or eight threes, or maybe six against against in that game seven against Cleveland. It just feels like Draymond's always going to hit that shot that matters, like always, every single time. But it it feels that way with everyone. Like when Clay shoots, yeah, the ball, well, you I feel mean, that way. Dray- you ride with Draymond because I mean he makes so many winning plays. Like it doesn't mean he's doesn't make mistakes or anything, but it's. I don't think any Warrior fans can get upset that Draymond takes a three in a weird situation, right? <laughs> no, you never do. You never do. And the uh, I think we had the uh, we had the whole next door team uh, very confused as to how Draymond can guard two people at once in the paint all game long. And you would have Myers Leonard at the rim. You would have Evan Turner, you know, pretending like he could shoot. Would never work out well. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you would have that that play would get broken up every single time. I don't know. It's just one of those things where you look at Portland, you look at that team, and you don't see that team being able to win. Like that toughness, that mental toughness that the Warriors have, they don't have it. And it's okay. We don't. I mean, we don't need to go into that. Like, I, I think don't Portland. Know, man. I think I think Portland getting to the Western know. Conference Finals is a win for them. Wow. There's levels to it, right? Wow. Wow. Pity Sam. Sam's talking pity. Uh, moral I, I just, vic- moral I, victories I in just, a sweep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think we need to move this conversation more to talking about the Warriors in general. Five straight finals. The team that had their star player choke out a coach going to five straight finals. The team that made the playoffs approximately one time between me being the age of. 12 and like 25 i mean we're talking about one of the worst run organizations now being the evil empire the standard who people complain about like they're the patriots wow a boston comparison you know as as a noted celtics fan Sam is Fendiari comparing the Warriors to the Celtics. I'm, I'm, I just got to go with my guy, Andrew Dahlia, Steph and Dre to Brady and Gronk. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Because Andre Godala compared Steph and Draymond to, to Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, where uh, to me the comparison feels like you can put anybody around these two players and they'll find a way to win the basketball game. Like that's that's what I think is the gist of that comparison. So I never thought of Gronk as like this transcendent like long term thing, but I get his point. As a Boston fan, you don't think that? <laughs> um, I got his point. I mean, it's yeah. I don't. I don't really know how to go into it. I, it's hard to come up with a perfect analogy for it, but it's kind of. They are kind of the foundation to everything they do. One guy is one of the best offensive players of all time who just kind of manipulates the floor in different ways. The other one is one of the most unique offensive players. Like, what position is Draymond? (laughs) All positions. Exactly. And that's kind of – so that's where the Patriots analogy kind of works because that's – every time they've won, it's been about the fact that, like, you're like, well, they don't have, like, a great receiver. They don't have this. They they have a bunch of dudes who can do a bunch of everything. Yep. So that's kind of where it works. And the annoyance factor they give to the rest of the world is also where it works. Yeah. Also, if you take a step back, the Steph Brady comparison works because people just start hating for no reason. Is there a reason to hate Brady? You know you don't have a reason to hate Brady. He's a MAGA fan. 
Hey, you don't know that for a fact. You had a mega hat on. No, I just I own a lot. Of, I own a lot of inappropriate clothing. Okay, you don't own mega clothing. Uh, you don't know that. Ugh. Sam, stop it. <laughs> anyway, um, I do think that comparison does work though, because y- they started Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell tonight. Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell. By the way, I will say, Mc- first off. McKinney, not a good perimeter defender. Oh, terrible. Terrible. But he is a really good cutter. He's, and goddamn, does he fight for a lot of rebounds. Offensive rebounds. But yes, he is kind of a borderline NBA player. Um, by the way, by the way, saw him at, at Arena SF. Wanted to <laughs> shout that out real quick. For great all the, spot. Uh, great, uh, a lot of ABGs, maybe not. Mediocre the, spot. Mediocre spot. A spot. A spot. <laughs> But but he made one three. Uh, he goes to the hole uh, for rebounds, and Damian Lillard doesn't seem like he wants to even try rebounding at this we, point. We got a question here. Ooh, this is Light a, Years Podcast mailbag. This is a um, Game of Thrones question for uh, Is Jon Snow the Steph Curry of Game of Thrones? How di- Who sent that question in? Matteo Gerbali. Uh, block him. Block him. Okay. Block him. That's terrible. I, mean, I don't watch the show, so... So for those that are listening now, spoilers incoming. Jon Snow might be the, the dumbest way, this character. Com- this isn't in, coming- in the Game of Thrones. Might be the dumbest character. Every five minutes, that's my queen. That's my queen. Every five minutes, unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. Next question, Sam. The whole room is laughing, <laughs> and it's just a it's a reminder that I don't watch a show that's very popular. <laughs> Um, he he just doesn't know what he's doing. Battle <laughs> of the Bastards, right? The great one of the one of the best battle scenes ever. And this guy is just ready to go one on a hundred. It's like, what are you doing? He's, you know what he is? He's like Russell Westbrook. He just <laughs> at all times just wanting to do like the dumbest thing possible. Just wants to be a hero, and it works out for John Captain Sava. Yeah, it just it works out for him because it's a it's a TV show, right? It doesn't work out for Russell Westbrook because it's real life. <laughs> you're not going to get out of the first round because you're really not that good. That's how it works. Oh, I don't even need to see the show, and that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> how many times... Uh, here's another question on the mailbag. We're going to go here. How many times does Draymond go to Soul Cycle? Clay jump into Pacific Ocean. Steph Andre play golf during the break. Who's on-court benefits most from their respective off-court hobbies? It's a great question. That's a deep one. It's got to be Iguodala and Steph playing golf. No, it's got to be Draymond. You think so? I think everyone else's is mentally centering them, which is important. But Draymond's literally makes the difference between him being a role player and a superstar type player. (laughs) It's because he lost 20 pounds? Yeah, there's a big difference. When Draymond is in this kind of shape, I don't... I mean, player rankings are stupid. But, like, he's one of the most effective players in the NBA. He can affect the game in so many different ways. And when he's not in that kind of shape, he's still incredibly intelligent, but he can't affect the game on every other way. Everyone else's is kind of like, it's a great anecdote when Steph has a good game and he says, I golfed yesterday and everyone's like, oh, he recentered himself. You know, that's, that's kind of like what we're talking about. Draymond's is literally like the difference between him being a role player and a star. All right, so here, here I'm going to come with this. Because the Warriors are either going to play the Toronto Raptors or the Milwaukee Bucks next round, right? And Draymond Green looks great. He looks like he did in 2015-16. 
You know who locked up Draymond in 2015-16, Sam? Oh. Was it Mozgov? He's on the Warriors now. Just just to let you know. Was it? He is, quote, unquote, the best player on earth. Uh, was it? Um, uh, was it? Was it? Um, Nurkic? <laughs> so Kevin Durant has about... 10 days here to get healthy. And the last time Draymond looked this great, he went up against Kevin Durant and got pretty locked up and got outplayed. My question to you is, do they need Kevin Durant to win the finals? Oh, absolutely. <sighs> Too fast. Too fast. Hey, well, let, let me Too put fast. it this way. Um, so your question was about Giannis. So you're a... Kawhi. Okay. Okay. Let me put it this way: They need KD versus Milwaukee more than anything, um, because Milwaukee can absolutely guard that Steph Draymond pick and roll, and they don't have enough around them. But here's the thing: like people will take this as a slight to Steph and Draymond. It's not a slight to Steph and Draymond. It's a comment on the fact that. If you overload that pick and roll, we're talking about if Clay can't drop 50, you need McKinney to do something. You need Iguodala to do something. You need a lot of guys yeah. who can't create yeah. in that sort of fashion to do something. Because if if Katie doesn't play, it's going to be Bledsoe on Steph. It's going to be Giannis on Draymond. And it's going to be a disgusting trap right there. They can't do that if KD is on the floor. Or yeah. they have to make a decision. Do they want to put Giannis on Draymond to take that away? Or do they want to put Giannis on KD? So that that's where it comes down to. to yeah, me. that I think that's a six, seven game series without KD. But yeah. I mean, KD's coming back. It just depends if he's happy or not. <laughs> he's just sitting at home, miserable. Oh, we got a question here. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. I do have a question. So, if KD, we're assuming he plays, we're assuming he's healthy. You just said six or seven games without KD. What about with KD? We're talking about we're talking Milwaukee. We're talking Milwaukee. Yeah. We're talking Milwaukee here. Um, I mean, they can still go six, seven games with KD. They're a really I good. Doubt that. They're really I good doubt team. that. They're a good I doubt team, that. man. They're a good team. You, Sam is a big believer of Pat Connaughton, by the way. Big believer. Why you got? That's like that's like someone saying, "Oh, you think the Warriors can win? Oh, you think Jonas Serefko is that good?" Like we're talking about the ninth man in the rotation. Well, listen, the top three players, the top three scores for the Warriors are Dray, are Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant. Who are, who are the top three players Tom, for the Bucks? Covington isn't in the top eight in the rotation. Okay, so you trust in Eric Bledsoe? He's a good player. He's just in Giorgio, by the a, way. By the way, Giorgio, who pissed his pants last year when he had to when he had to shoot the free throws. Yeah, well, he's on a get, real team now. He's not. Uh, he's not being asked to fucking stay in the corner. LeBron slander. Always love that. <laughs> always love that. I was like, George Hill's like good. You know, George Hill's good. He's solid, but in the NBA Finals, he, I'm not worried about George he's Hill. Been there, he's been he's been breaking free throws in crunch time. Yeah. <laughs> Sam sick. People have more confidence when they get the ball in their hands every now and then. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think they're. I think they're a good team. I think it'd be. I don't problem. think they're ready. I think. I think you're making a lot of assumptions on how healthy KD will be immediately off the bat. I think you're making a lot of assumptions on how quick the Warriors can find the rhythm with him. And then the last part of it is, 
I think you're assuming they can meld the two styles they play with KD and without KD that quickly. Okay, what are the two styles? Why don't you tell me how you? How yeah. You so, with Steph, with Steph being the primary ball handler, the style is that Draymond pushes the ball up the floor. They play at a way higher pace, right? It's like lead leading play, like league leading pace, um, and that's what the Warriors thrive off of. With Kevin Durant, he wants to play way slower, right? He wants the ball in his hands. He wants the pace to be where, hey, let's get a good shot. Let's run some plays. Let's use up the 24-second shot clock. But with Draymond, it's, hey, let me get the ball. Let me push because we're going to get a good shot in transition. I agree. I don't know if they can play those two styles. I don't know if they can meld those two styles because you see Draymond without KD and he's pushing it. And I guarantee you when KD comes back, that's not going to happen. Yeah, but it goes both ways. Um, I'm slow this down. <laughs> <laughs> they need, they need, they need to be able to play both ways because you're you're making a lot of assumptions off of a very bad Portland team defensively. Like, what about what about a Dame Zach Collins pick and roll coverage makes you think? That they can walk all over Milwaukee. That's a different. It's just a different level of talent, Andy. Anyway, we'll go to Ali. So, so the the last time Katie got hurt in the 2017 season against the against the Wizards, the Warriors went on a big run, and and then when Katie came back in the playoffs, they arguably played the best basketball they've played during this run. That's when they had their 16 and one postseason, and part of that might have been due to the amount of time that he missed. He came back, he moved with the offense, he moved off ball. The distribution between him and Steph was more evenly balanced. Do you guys think the same thing will happen here and maybe the injury is a little bit of a blessing in disguise? That's a tough call uh, because the timing is different. So just running it down, he came back a game before the playoffs started, so he wasn't healthy for round one, but they weren't playing good teams. Like he got, he got two rounds to get legs under him. Now we're talking about him coming back versus – Two of it's going to be either whether it's Toronto or Milwaukee, they're significantly better than Portland. Houston's as good as them, but we're talking about coming back for one of the best teams in the NBA. So I don't know if it's really that comparable. I don't think they're that great. I don't think Milwaukee's that good. Ooh. I don't. I just you're playing in an Eastern Conference that's dreadful, right? You're you're have a team full of bench guys like if Giannis had a superstar next to him like I believe it but like Chris Middleton Sam like they could probably watch Clay Thompson dribble today I did (laughs) I did it wasn't pretty I mean I'm not saying I'm I'm not even trying to slander Clay here I'm just saying you're making it sound like you have the dream team going versus. They are the Angola, dream team. Angola. It's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Andre Godala, Draymond Green, and Demarcus Cousins. It is the dream team. It is literally the dream team. Yeah, but Boogie won't be back. Okay, KD, maybe yeah, KD maybe might Bo- be on one leg. For for all I know, KD might you know have no legs. I don't okay. know. He <laughs> might, he, he might not be back. I mean, to, to be lot, fair, to be fair to factors. Sam, last we heard of KD, he wasn't actually on the court rehabbing yet. So it is not, it is not certain that KD is going to be either playing in the game one of the NBA Finals or even fully healthy. So that is fair. But so you're I'm not, wor- I mean, I'm not I'm worried I'm about Nikola Meritich. I'm not, 
okay, let me let me slow this down for you. I'm not talking about in a hypothetical of both teams at their ceiling because that's I agree with your point. The Warriors have a higher ceiling. I agree with your point. I'm talking about considering the realistic factors, considering Katie's coming off of an injury, considering DeMarcus Cousins may or may not come back. We're going to assume Iguodala's back. Yeah. It's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of, you know, but I also think of it this way. If Katie's not at 100%, he understands that he doesn't want the ball all the time. So my thing is like, if you can get a KD that's at about 80, 85% that's playing at the KD that he did yes, at that, 16, that's, 7. That's better than uh, Alfonso McKinney. I agree. <laughs> it's better than Chris Middleton. And so I would say that if he's willing to fit in that flow that they did in 16, 17, that's as best as you can do. Okay. We have a question from friend of the show, uh, Julie Fair. Ooh. to Julie you- in the ringer. This is uh, going to go in a different direction. What would your reaction have been if someone told you 10 years ago the Warriors would go to five straight NBA finals in your lifetime? I don't know, like blackout every night? Because <laughs> it's fucking You're amazing. You're not going to get emotional on this? I, I, I want like Andy to like wax poetic about how much it means. I mean, like growing up, it was just watching hoops. It was just fun, right, to just watch them do anything. Like a, a dunk would be cool. You know, a, a, a game-winning layup would be cool. Too many free throws would be cool from Andres Biedrins. So looking at it now, I think watching those Warriors was stress-free. But watching these Warriors, you're like, you don't want a dynasty to go down. And I think that's the fulfilling part of watching the Warriors today because you're happy uh, because they fulfill everything that you want from them and everything from themselves because they seem like and and after the game tonight when Steph Curry was talking to the announcing team it's like they genuinely seem happy and fulfilled that they've gone to five straight finals for the first time Sam since what in NBA history since the NBA was in black and white since the Celtics are gone. And we don't count the Celtics. They won zero championships, far as I know. <laughs> Sam, me and you could win the championship with eight teams in the league. They won in 2008. They won in the 80s. Okay, calm down. <laughs> calm down. All right, we got another. I think we have a question, Sam. I just want to follow up with what Julie said. I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I go back to 1984, and they were terrible. We're talking Sleepy Floyd and Joe Oof. Barry Carroll. And Purvis Short shooting rainbow jumpers. So to answer Julie's question, in my dream of all dreams, never, ever did I think this was even possible, right? 49ers, they they had great success in the 80s and the early 90s. That was that. Was that. But for the Warriors, the Warriors were always the sort of like the little cousin of the Bay yeah. Area sports. And... Never thought this could happen. So to me, this is like the most important thing that has ever happened to Bay Area sports, including the Giants winning three championships, right? So let me ask you this. I'll follow up with that. Let me ask you this because uh, Kevin Durant always feels like the Warriors fans don't like him as much, right? And you're speaking as a lot of Warriors fans. Like, do you care whether they win the championship with KD or without KD? With KD or without? I mean, it's not – look, I love KD. I've been watching – you know. Ali and I talk about this a lot, which is we get to see KD in his prime, and it's been amazing because I would take 
you know, you know, LeBron versus KD, whatever, whatever you feel about that. But I watch KD do do things, and I'm like, you know what? He's just as good as LeBron, and maybe yeah. for this team, even better. And I, 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 I look at him, and and I just think, man, these three years, fantastic. I will never say a bad word about this guy. Whatever you feel about him, he's just a tremendous basketball player. I would love to see him be able to win three in a row, even maybe get that third MVP, right? And then just do whatever he wants to do. Like, I will not, I couldn't say a bad word about the guy. I feel like that's a lot of Warriors fans. And I feel like that's how they feel. It's like, hey, you're one of the greatest players of all time. Do whatever you want. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. I don't think he gets that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um why are we going on this topic? Sam, Sam, Sam is not happy because I'm trying to goad him into Kevin Durant hot takes. Uh, what, what do you want me to say? I hope KD listens, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's probably listening. <laughs> I mean, it, I'd rather just talk about this team going to five straight finals right now. Sam, we've got- where I'm, like, you know where I stand on KD. You know, I think he's the best player in the league right now. You know, I think wow. he's the most talented player in the league. Wow, it's not—it's not really relevant. I'd rather go into this game. Steph Curry, thirty-seven points. Come on, man. Honest triple double. Steph. Steph, by the way, averaged thirty-six for the series. Sam, doesn't show up. Doesn't show up. Do we, have, that? Do we have a conversation about Steph? Yeah. So Steph is now nine games in the Western Conference Finals with over thirty-five points. Sam, do you know who has more games? With 35-plus points in the Western Conference Finals? Do you know? That's Kobe. Is it? Is it, it oh, it, oh. That's Kobe. Oh, is Steph challenging a Kobe stat? Okay, we, we stand for Kobe on this podcast. <laughs> this is the only Laker we respect. Not only, not only did Kobe win five titles honestly, playing basketball the way it was meant to be played, he also screwed them over. In the future, which is equally as important to me, I'm just <laughs> as impressed by him beating the 2010 Celtics as I am by him destroying everything about the bus legacy. Do we want to talk about Lakers right now? No, we don't. I just wanted to get that in there right there. Sam, I have a question from the Light Years podcast for you. From uh, Scott Ghost, Old Man Will. Okay. You ready? You ready? Yeah. This might be for uh, Bobak, too. Last week, we had Andy talk about food on the food corner. I want a five-minute segment on how to fix the Bay Area housing crisis, Sam. All right, Bobby, get over here. There <laughs> you go. No, I'm not doing this. No hot takes? No hot takes. I think we need to talk about, one, how people do not pay attention to local news. I think that's the first thing. I think if people were aware of how bullshit city council was in terms of derailing housing developments and how they used politics in a bad faith manner to derail building, they would view the housing crisis in a different way. That's my first take. Now I'm going to go to my cousin who has a more informed and a more holistic view on the thing. Isn't this an NBA podcast? We just pivot to different topics. 
All right. Well, uh, I'm not sure people like this, but you know, you, you have the mic. Go for it, Bob. Okay. Well, uh, uh, what I told the person who tweeted this was just follow me, Kim Mike Cutler, and SFMB for all the needed takes. And that's all you really <laughs> need to do to learn. Uh, but if you really want to get a, a deep, deep understanding of how to solve this, you yeah. should uh, start with Kim Mike Cutler. Uh, uh, her her piece, How Burrowing Owls Lead to Vomiting Anarchists, it was 2014 uh, kind of really, really important piece that made a lot of people really upset and uh, activated a lot of people to activism. What was it about? It was about the history of how we got here, <laughs> how uh, a lot of things stacked up over the last 30, 40 years to, but to let, make let's, the crisis. Let's, let's simplify today. this because I, I agree with you and I think it's a great piece, but it's a full conversation. I want to get to the root cause of something that can get people interested to act right now, which is, Bobby, why do you think, what do you think is the number one thing stopping us from building to the point where prices start dropping? Local government. I mean, okay. Your, your city council, your county supervisors, they have authority over what gets built where. They have authority over the rules that decide what gets approved. And I hate to say it, but homeowners with, uh, retired homeowners in particular, with time, money, and an abundance of attention after they finish watching the Warriors play, uh, you know, spend all their time emailing city council. And, so, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, what you're saying is if you, you know, if you don't vote on local issues, you're giving the old grandfather down the street inflated power to vote against your interests. Young people are predominantly renters, and young people don't vote as much as older, whiter, and wealthier homeowners, among other things. Well, these are, these are, these are, uh, these are things I've considered, so. <laughs> All right, we're going to pivot. How, how do you solve it? I don't know, but like I said, follow me, follow Kim Mai, and follow SFEMB for all the needed takes in a place that isn't the NBA podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very Thanks, happy about, I'm very happy about that. I thought that was a great segment. Well, you're welcome. I'm, I'm very happy about We're that. We're going to get yelled at so hard for that one. Nobody's going to yell at us. If they do, it's fine. We'll live. Okay. Subscribe, Light Years Podcast, Apple, iTunes. What I need you to do, subscribe, rate five stars. You can uh, unsubscribe, subscribe again, give us more followers. All right, Sam, where are we pivoting here? Uh, we, we got, got another, about 15, got another, 20 minutes left. We got another question here. Okay. Um, this is Hit in me. a different direction. This okay. is a fun one. No housing? Which players... Well, this is kind of housing related. Oh. Which players will move to the city next Ooh. year uh, to live closer to Chase? If so, what neighborhood? Actually, so we're both San Francisco guys. So we can wax poetic about what neighborhoods we think players will live in. Um, I think they will all move to the peninsula. Peninsula, really? Well, when I say peninsula, I'm talking between San Francisco. Like, no one wants to deal with the Bay Bridge traffic, right? If you have the money Literally to not the deal worst with thing it. on earth. So, uh, what I'm saying is Kill whether me. whether it's living in the city or living in, I don't know, towards Palo Alto or Daly City, like they're gonna live on the peninsula. Katie's living in the Soma if he resigns. I guarantee you that. Yeah, but Katie's Katie's a single man. Obviously, he's got like that's that's a give and take. Okay, how about uh? I think okay. Let, let's go down the roster. Where's, okay, let's where, go down where the roster. Where do you think Steph would live? Steph lives. What in, neighborhood suits Steph? Steph lives in Diamond Heights. 
that's obscure. Yeah. Explain to our listeners who didn't grow up in San Francisco, like you, what you, why you think he lives in Diamond Heights. It's rich. That's all of San Francisco. It's white. That's all of San Francisco. It's suburban. That's okay. That's not all of San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go like Presidio Heights. Presidio Heights. Presidio Heights are like St. Francis Wood. Yeah. St. Francis Wood is nice too. I don't don't see Steph as a guy who wants to, like, I don't see him in the Pack Heights wanting the city feel. No, he doesn't want that. I want him somewhere where he has a yard. We can do that sort of thing. You You know who wants the city feel? Clay Thompson. All right. I think okay, Clay is living in the hate. Yeah, it's a great take. Clay's Clay living is in at, like Clay in is like at Dolores Cole, Park every Saturday afternoon. Cole, Cole Valley, or off the hate towards like what's that area of Golden Gate Park? That that feels like Clay Thompson place for me. Yep. No, I assuming he resigns and assuming Clay to, er, and assuming Clay's KD resigning. Resigns. Stop. Clay's, Clay's resigning. Well, Katie's not resigning. We know that. Stop. We don't know that. Um, Nobody's aggregating us. Come on, it's fine. He's gone. I don't know. People might react. You never know. Um, All right, let's go down the list. Who else do we have? Draymond. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's oh, a tough I know one. where Draymond. Draymond's a Draymond's a Berlin game. You think Draymond so? wants the house in Berlin game, where he can, you know, pop up the peninsula, the stadium. But I don't see. Draymond I think that's more Iguodala. Iguodala might stay in the East Bay just to spite everyone and complain. Yeah, yeah. Iguodala strikes me as a guy who stays in Oakland, <laughs> stays in the Oakland Hills, and lets everyone know about his commute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Iguodala sounds like Iguodala reminds me of the coworker who lets you know about his commute. <laughs> I let you know about my commute every day. <laughs> so, what about Livingston? Well, Livingston is retiring after the season, so we're just okay. We're here. Let's take this away. We're taking this just personality types. Tough. Los Gatos. That's that's pretty much living in the East Bay. Yeah. That's so far. I think Livingston is Los Gatos. He doesn't need to be in the city. It's nice. And we got we his, got, ki- his kid can go live in Silicon Valley, work as an engineer one day. You know? <laughs> really, all works out. Well, we got to throw one more a official member of the core, Kayvon Looney. <sighs> Kayvon Looney is still partying. He is in the middle of SF. He's in Soma too. Yeah, he's in Soma. Ka- He's, he's a living. Soma guy. He's a Marina Bro or a Soma guy. Soma guy. Like the, he's still going to the clubs. Come on, he's twenty four. Fair enough. Same with Jordan Bell. They might be rooming together. They might have to. I don't <laughs> think the Warriors are going to pay him enough to get their own places. <laughs> they'll pay. They'll pay Looney about five million. <laughs> they'll pay Looney about five million. Do we want to do a finals preview? Uh, let's talk a little Eastern Conference before we go. So the Bucks are up two one. Kawhi Leonard got hurt in a game three where they squeezed it out. Uh, the Bucks shot terribly from three because it's hard to shoot from three also, when you're they, role players. They're like a team full of role players. They're like Houston. They shoot a lot of threes. They don't necessarily have a lot of shooters. Oh, you're calling them fake shooters? No, they can shoot, but they have a lot of they have a lot of dudes who come in at thirty eight percent. Sam doesn't believe in Pat Connaughton. Why are you picking up Pat Covington? Because <laughs> he's, he's white. He's like the 10th man on their team. You're like, at least pick someone like, I don't know. Uh, you want me to pick on? Brooke Lopez, who starts. Brooke Lopez guarding Steph Curry in a pick and roll, guys. Might be ugly. It might be ugly. 
Brooke Lopez sounds like he's an extra on Fast Times for Rich <laughs> One High. I mean, let's just be real with it. Like, he sounds like the most stone surfer at all times. Um. <laughs> okay, we'll start. So, Milwaukee definitely has the edge. We both think they're going to win the we series. We think they're going to win the series, correct. And I would, given that Kawhi looks hobbled, let, let's just talk Milwaukee. Um, if if Toronto makes a series of it, we'll pivot next week and, you know. Claim. They won't. Go ahead, Sam. So what are your um, – Here's my thought. Here's my thought. I think that with Giannis – so every time somebody makes the finals, you always, always, always struggle when it's your first time. Always. LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Well, Steph Curry is good enough that he doesn't struggle, so – because Steph Curry is the fucking goat. But you always struggle in the NBA Finals. And I think that with what's going on with the defense that Toronto is playing, where Giannis scored 12 points in Game 3, and the defense that the Warriors can do if they shorten the rotation, that it's one of those series where the Warriors show Giannis that, hey, we're still the f- best team in the league, and it's not close. And so I think it's that type of Big Brother series where it's, hey, I'm better than you. You're going to have to learn your lesson and make these mistakes before you can win a championship. I think that's what's going to happen. So my my big thing is I would agree with you 100%, but we don't know the health the Warriors are going to have going into it. So my question for you is we know Milwaukee has more depth than the Warriors at this point, Andy. And they, they're they healthier than the Warriors. So that's where it gets interesting for me. Like, I know Milwaukee has that young team hunger. I know they have a lot of players. We know Giannis is an up-and-coming superstar. Like, we all think Giannis is going to be a Hall of Famer. We think he's, I mean, he's an amazing talent. He's one of the next up-and-coming guys. He's He's actually going to be one of those up-and-coming guys. He's not a quote-unquote, you know, fake prodigy. Um, but my thing, which makes it interesting, is we don't know KD's health. And without KD, this team is really not deep. Like, yep. they, can beat Por- they can beat Portland. Having to play Quinn Cook and Alfonso McKinney against Milwaukee with no KD or really hobbled KD makes a really... Really interesting series. KD does not become a safety valve against the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, he's not a he safety becomes valve. a necessity. He becomes a necessity against the Bucks. Yes, I mean he's one Sam, of the. He was disgusted. <laughs> he, go ahead, keep going. I'm just saying, like K- Kevin Durant is the safety valve when you know you're going to win the game. When you know Let's that you're the way. better they team. They don't need Kevin Durant to beat Portland, but they don't need. If Kevin Durant was healthy, they wouldn't need Steph Curry to beat Portland. You know what I'm saying? They don't need that much to beat Portland because they're a lot better than them. Against Milwaukee, they need everything. I don't think so. They need everything playing at a B level. Yeah, okay. How's that sound? Okay, they that's, need fair. Kevin, that's fair. They need both Kevin Durant and Steph Curry to play at their B level. Yeah, they because don't need, I, don't, I don't think they, they don't need, need 16 and 17 Warriors to beat the Bucks. I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. 17, 16 and 17 Warriors was A level. Warriors, A level. I don't think they need that to beat the Bucks. Okay, my question is, how do you think they at least attempt to guard Giannis? 
So I think they put Draymond on him. I think the Warriors are of the mindset where they're cool with Giannis going for 40. I think Twitter is going to be like, Giannis doesn't have enough help. He averaged 34 points a game against the Warriors, and they won in five. Without With missing the picture where the Warriors are like, we're not going to help on you. We're going to let you do what you do because our perspective is, as you know, you can't beat us making one out of one out of every two layups, going like twelve for twenty-two for thirty points. What's going to beat us is if we have to double you and people start making shots. So I think that's going to be their number one priority. I disagree. I do think that the Warriors are going to double up on them and force them to pass the ball and say, "Hey, Pat Connaughton, you're going to have to beat us." I think so. I think it's like George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Nikola Meritich, Brooke Lopez. You're going to have to make these shots. You're going to have to make these shots. And this is not the Eastern Conference Finals. This is not the Eastern Conference Semifinals. This is not the regular season. This is the NBA Finals. This is when everything matters. And I think the Warriors are going to say, beat us. And I don't think it's going to happen. Sam's rolling his eyes. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, I I guess I disagree with you on that point. I think they just I think they're gonna go with I think they're gonna go with the play everyone straight up and let one guy get his. So we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to wait and see. Now let, let's talk Toronto for a real quick second. How would you? Uh Toronto series is gonna be a joke. <laughs> That's a joke. Cause I don't think like Toronto. Like I watched Pascal Siakam last night, and I've never seen someone so scared to shoot free throws. Two free throws, completely bricked. Like, that's not a team I worry about. And, like, Kawhi Leonard, not as good as Giannis. Katie outplays him every time. Kyle Lowry. When was the last time I saw him show for a game, Sam? I mean, he's played a really good playoff series, to be honest. Wow. Sam is a Kyle Lowry stand now. I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Sheesh. Sheesh. I think we should wrap this up. Let's see if anyone has any questions. Predictions? Questions? Yeah. Okay, so it it is 2-1, but I think we're underestimating Kawhi a little bit. I I I uh, I thought Kawhi in game 3 looked the closest to Michael Jordan I've ever seen in a playoff game. Whew. Just the way <laughs> the, the, I know I saw I, I got a little bit of hate for that tweet too from the Kobe people so the reason why I say that is if you go back to Jordan in uh, 91 against the Lakers 92 against Blazers he is doing everything in, in those series he's not the same Jordan in 97-98 where he's mostly you know he's posting up and shooting fadeaway this guy is dominating on both ends and I watched Kawhi, the, the dunk with the left hand. I thought, that is the closest thing I've seen to MJ in the playoffs. And I'm not saying, I, I think Milwaukee's probably going to win this series, but I think Kawhi's got a chance to extend this thing. And, you know, I don't know if he's the, the MVP of the playoffs, but he's playing fantastic basketball. Maybe, Gian, maybe Giannis has to foul out of every game for him to actually win, but. I just think if the, if there's a shot, Kawhi is going to give them that shot. So one thing, 
I love about an analogy is I agree with you. The moves, like the just kind of compact nature, like how much, how little wasted space. Like he looks like Jordan. His moves look the same. The way he can palm the ball looks the same. Some of the defensive stuff looks the same. But the reason. I don't think he looks like Jordan is Jordan was an exceptional passer and Kawhi does not pass at all. Um, I was watching it with Andy and this sequence stuck in my mind. Kawhi dribbles into a triple team. You remember this play Andy? And I'm like, dude, you have an open guy. Jordan makes that pass because he's, he's more aware as a passer. Kawhi gets the ball stole. Then as they go back on defense, Kawhi does the Jordan I'm going to fucking D you up, take it from you, and go the other way with it. And that's where I'm just like, you know, this guy is just a monster. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, but on top of that, I just don't feel like that matters. Like, I don't think that with with Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol as the role players around you, and that's the main thing I feel like about both teams, about Toronto and Milwaukee. As great as Kawhi can be, as great as Giannis can be, you're surrounded by role players. You're surrounded by guys that might show up, might not show up. And most of the time, look at the Warriors. Steph is showing up. KD is showing up. Draymond Green is showing up. Elimination game, Clay Thompson is always showing up. And those are four, and Andre Godala. If you need him, he's showing up. That's five guys right there. And I look at the Raptors and I look at the Bucks and I look at these role players. I have zero idea if they're going to show up in a game that matters. Zero idea. And I, I feel like that's the difference because maybe Clay Thompson isn't that much better than Chris Middleton, but who would I rather trust? Well, it, It's it, not close. Clay's role is more defined than Middleton's too is the, the bigger thing for me. Um, Milwaukee depends on Middleton to be able to create if Giannis is sealed off. Like that's their go-to guy. Not the great. Warriors, the Warriors aren't asking like the Warriors are asking Clay to create in this game, and we saw how um, much of an adventure that is. I've seen LeBron James get shook in the NBA Finals. I've seen Steph Curry get shook in the NBA Finals. What the fuck do you expect Chris Middleton to look like in the NBA Finals? Fair enough. <laughs> Should we end on that? <laughs> Uh, let's get predictions real quick because I know we're going to pod next week. But so let's say the Warriors play the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. Sam, what do you think? They well, what do you think is going to happen in the NBA Finals? I think we're going six versus Milwaukee. Yeah. I think Milwaukee will get one game purely on their talent, and they're going to get at least one game on the Warriors trying to figure it all out with KD coming back without chemistry and continuity and that's that's best case yeah i agree i think with milwaukee it goes six i don't think it's a tough six i think it's like six just because like the bucks make a bunch of threes a couple games but it's not super stressful um i think with the raptors it's probably four or five so um good for the warriors only championship coming five years in a row in the finals light years podcast thank you for listening subscribe five stars slander andy lou